Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Fantastic. Well, come on. My name is Ryan. If I don't know you, uh, my wife and I pastor Love City Church here. We're glad you're here today. We are in a series called Raise Them Up. We're talking for the next three weeks about parenting. The last time I did a parenting series uh, was in the second month of the church. And I think we had like 27 people there. Uh, but we did a, this parenting series, and I just felt like I needed to um, needed to, to take some time and talk about this again with everything that's going on in our world today. There's a lot happening in schools. There's a lot happening in our world. And I felt like it, we have so many parents in our church. Come on, we're a thriving, growing church of babies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have almost 60 kids in our church. And, and so there's a lot of parents. And so we're going to take the next three weeks, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, three different vantage points uh, of parenting. And uh, we're going to talk about these three different areas. The first one today, we're going to take just a few moments and talk about the biblical aspect of parenting. What does the Bible say about parenting? We'll take a few moments today to walk through a scripture and just kind of give you three uh, thoughts about uh, how we parent biblically. The second one we're going to talk about next week is culturally, the cultural aspect. How do we parent amongst a post-Christian Society. We're talking about social media. We'll talk about schools. We did a tons of you filled out this survey that I did. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about that, getting a little bit into the culture and how do we navigate this. And I'll try, I'm going to try to give you some perspective through God's word. And then lastly, practically, what are the practical ways we can parent our children better? Uh, we'll talk about this discipline. And some of those other practical things you guys have asked about, and uh, it's going to be really, really great. But today, we're going to focus really on what does the Bible say? How do we parent like the Bible teaches us to parent? And, you know, the truth is, I've learned something about parenting, that parenting is hard. <laughs> parenting, uh, imp- well... Hello? <laughs> That's like a, pa- like a preacher's worst nightmare. Let me just take a minute to breathe for a second, because my adrenaline's pumping right now. <sighs> parenting. That was what parenting feels like. Thank you, Curtis. I need a moment to myself. That's how I feel as a parent. I just need to go in my room and sit and get the sound of screams out of my mind. <laughs> Her parenting's very, very difficult and very, very challenging. On one hand, your children are like your greatest accomplishment, and sometimes it can be your greatest failure. And in one moment, it's like, oh my gosh, look at how great they are. In other moments, you're like, oh my gosh, they are acting that way, and it's a reflection on me, and I am a terrible person, and I need to parent better. All these emotions we have during parenting, it's just a really challenging reality. And I've learned something that my children are basically, a, obviously, a genetic code of you, the genetic code of us, an imprint, a stamp of who we are. Now, my, my daughter looks like me, but she doesn't act like me. She acts like my awesome wife. And, uh, but my son is like a little mini-me. And what I've learned over the last 10 years of, of being a parent in Ezra's life is that there's, there's some things about Ezra that I've learned about myself. I look at him and realize that Ezra is actually a better version of me. He's a better version. And last, last service, my wife amen, and I corrected her between services. Just kidding. I didn't even talk to her about it. 
She just chose not to amen this service. Maybe you saw how it impacted me, huh? You're like, amen, your son is better than you are. Um, but our 10-year-old son, I just look at him and think, wow, he's got so much more potential than I ever will. He's like a little version of me, and I see, oh my gosh, look at how amazing he is, and if I can just help pastor him and, and guide him. But I also see the awful side of him sometimes. I see the, the fleshly side, the carnal side. And what I've realized is that whenever my son has a carnal side and it comes out of him, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh, that's the area where I struggle. Oh my gosh, that's how I say things or how I talk or how I think or how I act. I see this carnal, fleshly side of him and realize, oh my goodness, they are the good and the bad of me. And it's just a weird reality knowing that this is really hard. One thing I've learned from parenting as well is that as a, as a parent, I've learned that I now understand an aspect of God that I did not understand before having children. You, you learn something, you, you, you've encountered Jesus as your Savior and the Holy Spirit as your comforter, but there's a new level of experiencing your Heavenly Father when you have a child, when you experience the realities of having a kid. And some of you here today don't have children, and some of you are praying for kids. In the name of Jesus, we're praying for you. Some of you today have empty nesters and your kids are out of the house. This message is for everybody today to know that, that at the end of the day, being a parent or being a spiritual parent or being an aunt or an uncle or being a big brother or a big sister, or being a legal guardian. These types of environments help us understand God better. We understand a side of, of God that many of us don't experience without having children. And I've found that maybe as an aunt and uncle, you've experienced it, or maybe as a legal guardian or as a grandparent, you've experienced it. But I find that uh, when my child was born, and now, even now, I just love them so much. I just love them with an unconditional love. And I just wonder, how can a wretched, weak person like me, a, a sinner like me, have so much love for this little being? This love that's inside of me for my children overwhelms me at times. And I realize that, oh my goodness, this is how much God loves me. That if I can love my children as a, as, a, as a sinner and as a broken person, and I have this unconditional love, how much more so this perfect heavenly father? Does he love me? Does he care for me? Does he want a relationship with me? Does he want to encourage me and be there for me and guide me and lead me? How much more so? But also, my children frustrate me like nothing else on the planet. Well, counseling moment, sorry. My kids frustrate me when I tell them to do something and they don't do it. Or I, I say, will you take out the trash? And they don't take out the trash. Or I tell them, I give them an instruction and they don't listen to my instruction. Or they make those ridiculously stupid choices in life. You're like, why did you paint all over my walls with that paint stamp pad and put your hands everywhere? Or why did you spend your money on the most ridiculous of things? Why did you buy that king-size massive Hershey bar that was $1,000? Why did you do that? that. They make choices. And what I realize about my children and in relationship to my heavenly father is that in the same way that my children frustrate me, I frustrate God. 
And my heavenly father says, son, why are you disobeying my word all the time? I'm trying to teach you how to live a life after me. Son, why did you spend your money on that? I told you, I tried to convict you and encourage you, son, in the same very things that God, that I see in my children, I recognize that he sees the same thing in me. Does he love me unconditionally? Yes. Does he need to correct me and rebuke me and discipline me when I make a mistake? Yes. But does he love me? Yes. And does that ever change? No. Does he love me all the time? Yes. Does it change? Never. And in the same way as a parent, I learned that even on a natural side, that my heavenly father loves me so much and he puts up with my attitudes and he puts up with my behavior and my disobedience to his word and he corrects me and he loves me and he's guiding me and he's helping me and he's affirming me. So now whenever God affirms me, I'm affirming them. Whenever he pours into me, I'm pouring into them. What happens is, is that you begin to learn a side of your heavenly father you did not experience before. I want to give you the big idea today is that, that you and I can learn how to parent our kids by, by learning from how our heavenly father parents us. The greatest way to learn how to parent is to look at the best parent, our heavenly father. The greatest way to learn how to parent is you must be first parented by God. The way for you to first be able to dis discipline your children is to let God discipline you. you to show, in order for us to show the way that they should go, we have to be going that way. And I want to give you a scripture today. And in this scripture, I want to give you three thoughts from this verse here today in Proverbs 22, verse 6, the only verse we'll look at today. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. It also means to bring up a child, to raise up a child. Raise up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. See, what we need to understand here today, and we've been learning this in our Hebrews class, is that every single person here today who professes Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has the potential to wander and stray away from God. We all have the capacity to depart from the living God through disobedience and through unbelief in our heart over time, through circumstances and, and situations that we face without even realizing we can shift into a place of unbelief or shift to a place where we are far from God and not even realize it. And see, and our children can do the same thing. And here Solomon gives us a very clear instruction to train up the child in the way that they should go. And there's three words, this word means three different definitions in which will help us understand how to biblically parent our children. I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna make a little shift from our first service here. This idea of train up. The first one is that we, we, we teach them, we initiate them, or, and we dis discipline them. So these are the three words that that word train means. It means to initiate them, to discipline them, to teach them. These three words give us an understanding of what it takes for you and I to parent, to pastor, to lead our children so that they will not depart from the way of God. But remember, the way for you to experience what it means to be a parent, you first have to be parented by God. You first have to experience in your own life. You cannot teach your children what you have not been taught. And today I want you to understand that these three words we're going to look at today give us kind of a picture of what it looks like to be parented by God and what it looks like for us to parent our children. The first one here that we'll look at this morning is uh, 
I just need to close my app real quick because I did change it from the first service a little bit. So if you were here the first service, you get a little bit of a new sermon. Come on now, somebody. Let's give God glory. Amen. Come on. The first one is this, to discipline discipline them in the way they should go. Now, we're going to talk in our third week about discipline specifically, but this word here, discipline, means to correct or rebuke them. It means to make, uh, make them submissive like a, like a bit in a, in a horse's mouth who's been bridled. Come on, somebody. Ever want to do that to your children? <laughs> no? Stick a little horse thing in their mouth and pull them around. We thought this would be a good idea at Disney World one year. We took to, went to Florida and Disney World, and we thought we put little Ezra on a little leash, you know, this little dog leash. And we thought, okay, here we are in Disney World thinking we're going to make him submissive, you know. And all he did was get down on his four hands and knees and bark like a dog. And we're like, no, you're going to get trampled and die by it. Mickey's going to step on you. Like, no, this is the exact opposite. We thought this would make you submit, and all it did was make you act like a little dog. What as he did? Sitting around. It was so funny. <laughs> Didn't really work. Let's be honest. Discipline is hard. Discipline is one of the biggest areas of struggle with parents. At the end of the day, we've all been disciplined on some level, good or bad, by our parents. Some of us have been dis- disciplined in a harsh way. Some of us a little bit. Some of us not at all. Every single one of us here today uh, have been disciplined on some level. And in the same way as you and I have chosen to go God's way with our life, we also will experience and have experienced discipline by God. And we realize in our life that the question is this, how do you respond to the discipline of God in your life? How you respond to the discipline of God in your life is how you will be able to teach and discipline your children. And see, if I cannot receive God's discipline and training, how can I give it to my children? And as a disciple, I'm disciplined. It's very funny. Sometimes I remember when Ezra was younger, I was, I'm picking on Ezra today, not you, Brea, because uh, he's not in this service and he said that I could. Um, uh, Ezra, you know, would do things and it would just drive me bonkers. And he would be climbing up the ladder to his bed and I'd be like, you get in your bed, young man. He's like four years old. I'm like, you're never getting out of that bed until you're 27 years old, you know. And he's getting up there and I'm yelling at him and I'm giving him a piece of my mind and the Holy Spirit will speak to me and say, Ryan, do you know you do the same thing? You know, you talk to me the same way. You know, you have the same bad attitude. You know that you do the, the same, you have the same pride in your heart. And the Holy Spirit begins to convict me that the very same thing that I'm disciplining my children in is the very same thing that God's trying to work on my life. And I've realized this after 13 years of being a parent is that whenever I find it a specific area of discipline in my children's life, God is using that in my child's life to bring discipline into my life. Because if I cannot be disciplined and respond to God's word and conviction, I will not be able to correct the area in their life. This is why I believe so many parents abdicate their responsibility to discipline their children. Because when you're dealing with your children, you want to discipline them in an area where you have not accepted discipline. Try to challenge your 10-year-old not to impurity in the area of YouTube where you can't go and teach your children on purity if you've not been disciplined in the area of purity. 
You cannot teach your children how to go to the store and not spend money on frivolous things unless you are being a good steward of your finances. And so when the Holy Spirit checks your spirit, when you're standing in the checkout line and you see that Snickers bar and you're thinking, ooh, I'd love to pound that in about three seconds. And you grab it and you think the Holy Spirit says, no, you don't need to buy that thing. You need to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit so that you can then train your child to not pound the Snickers bar and buy 16 of them. See, we have to realize that the way for you and I to deal with the issues in our kids' life is for us to start by receiving the discipline from God in our life. This is the one thing that we must realize to the degree that you are a disciple is the degree that you can discipline. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to challenge us, to correct us, to rebuke us to speak to our hearts. And oftentimes, parents don't discipline their children because they themselves are unable to lead by example. Now, it's a bit convicting, but we're all in the same boat, aren't we? We're all trying to serve the Lord and do this thing right. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And I tell my children, whenever they, whenever they do something that I don't have a leg to stand on, I say to them, hey, did you know I deal with the same thing? I say it to my son all the time. Ezra, he says, well, you do this. I'm like, you're right, I do. He's really, I need to work on that talking back thing. <laughs> he says, you do this. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you're right, okay, Holy Spirit, through my son. I say, you're right, son. I do deal with that, and I'm working on it. But you know what? You're going to go farther, and go be- you're going to be better than me at it because I couldn't control this in my life, and now I'm working on it. But I'm going to help you at 10 years old to go farther and be better than I ever was. So you can acknowledge that you're weak. But you need to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit, Hebrews chapter 12. Or, or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines, the child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you so that why, why you, uh, so that's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave their children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us, so why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we're children, our parents did what seemed best to them, but God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At that time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off big time, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. If you want to train your children in the way they should go, to discipline your children in the way they should go, you must cheerfully embrace the discipline of of God in your life, and you will become a parent that can discipline well. Here's a second thought here today. To teach them in the way that they should go. This is the word here used for training to, to teach them, and uh, this idea comes from, in Hebrews chapter 5, uh, Paul, or the author, is, I think it's Paul, uh, of Hebrews, wrote to a bunch of Jewish Christians. These Jewish Christians were Hebrews who had, uh, who had left behind their old religious structure of Judaism and had decided to now become followers of Jesus Christ. And the problem is, is that they were waning in their relationship with God. They had known all these religious things, but they accepted Jesus. And after all this time, they were no longer as strong or as seeing as much maturity and growth in their life that was necessary for them to go to the next level. And the author wrote this chapter, this, this section of Scripture to them and said this, in fact, 
fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers. Talking to Christians, now we're talking to parents. By this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted, is not familiar with, does not really understand, doesn't really have a grasp or a concept of the teaching about righteousness, the teaching about the way you should go, the teaching about how to live a life for God. You're not acquainted with it. It's not familiar to you. You might be aware of it. You might have heard it, but it's not really something that you're doing within your life. And so he says, by now you should be teaching your children. You should be leading your children. But at this point in your journey, you're not quite there yet. But then he continues and says, but solid food is for the mature who by, look at this, constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The constant use of what? Now, Paul later identifies what this constant use is. What are we using? What are we constantly using? Look what he says in 2 Timothy. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. It's useful for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the word of God is given to us to train us in the areas of righteousness. It's given to us so that you and I can understand the way in which we should go. I cannot teach my children to go the way of God if I do not know the way of God. You say, Ryan, you got to tell me every week to read my Bible. If you want to be a great parent, you've got to read your Bible. You've got to study your Bible. You've got to meditate on the word because this is where we get our teaching, our distinguishing between right and wrong. We receive all moral truth from this word. You take your kid into school and the teacher's teaching all sorts of things and you say, oh my gosh, the, this and that. Well, what's, what is right? What is wrong? The Bible teaches us all moral truth comes from this word right here. And in order for you and I to be able to be a teacher, we have to be acquainted with constant use of God's word Constant reading, constant meditating. You say, Ryan, I don't like reading the word. Well, then do it for your children. I don't like reading the word, Ryan. Then do it for for them. Do it to get a word for your daughter. Do it to get a word for your son. You might say, Ryan, I don't understand it. As you study for your children, guess what will happen? God will begin to change you. Come on, encourage your Christian parents in this room. Come on, let this be your guide. Let this be your foundation. Let this be the thing you go to. Let this be the solid foundation. Don't read some some self-help book and don't subscribe to some conference. Start here. It's free. Hallelujah. The number one sold book in history. Hallelujah. Everyone has a copy on your phone. Pull it out and let's start reading it together. Let's start studying it together. Let's start getting the word of God. Train ourselves in righteousness so that we can be teachers to our children in the way that they should go and they will not depart from it. Pastor Jesse's doing an incredible job with our kids and our youth ministry. She's pastoring 60 kids right now. Like, come on, think about that. But Pastor Jesse can't be your kid's parent, a pastor. Pastor Jesse is a partner. She is not their pastor. You are their pastor. I can be your partner, but I can't be their pastor. They need to know, mom and dad, you're my pastor. You're going to pastor me and shepherd me and lead me through the teaching of Scripture in my life. 
God, when I have a question, Ezra came in, Brea and Ezra came in yesterday with all these questions, and honestly, they were asking me questions, and I think I made up half of it, to be honest with you. And they were like, well, what about this? What about that? I'm like, oh, I'm the, I'm the pastor. I should know these things. And then they left, and I Googled all of it. <laughs> so even, like, and I say that to say, just, you're okay. Like, I, I have a Bible college degree. I've been teaching the Bible for a long time. It doesn't mean I'm an expert. It just means I, I, have, I have a lot of different answers. You might say, well, I'm not in that place. It's okay. Just do your best. But just get your mind in God's Word. Get your heart in among God's word and let that be the foundation piece. Come on, the last thing here today. And I move these around because I really wanted you to capture this last, last idea, this initiate them in the way they should go. This word initiate is actually uh, a, um, a Middle Eastern practice. It's the word, it's the word to taste. And it's actually a current, in Islam, it's an Islamic um, practice they do when children are born. Uh, at least uh, in Eastern environments, they would take a little date and they would put a little a sweet date on the lips of a babe, newborn baby before she, that baby even had its mom's breast milk. It would put it on its mouth as a way to kind of uh, give them a taste of what, what will prepare them for what the real thing will be like. It was like a, an introduction. My wife is an amazing cook and she cooks all incredible things. And, you know, she loves to cook pasta, but I love her Asian cooking better. And she makes this yellow curry chicken, and it's my favorite. My kids hate it, but it's my favorite. And, she, you know, she'll begin, she'll add the potatoes and the peas, and she'll add the, the yellow curry and the chicken, and she'll come over and say, you want to taste it? And I'll take a little taste. I'm like, oh, baby, that's good. I love that. And my wife put all the spices and the herbs. My wife made that. She created that. She started it from scratch. She's the one who, who cultivated it. From that, I taste different spices. And she's like, I threw this in, and I threw that in. See, this is kind of the picture of what this word is, is that, that we taste it. And your children are tasting life from your life. That how you respond to the life that you're living, your children are getting a taste of what life is really like. So my question is, how are you responding? How are you responding when life falls apart? How do you respond when things don't go your way? How do you respond when you're hurt? How do you respond when you're offended? Every single person has tasted life, the good, the bad, and the nasty. We've experienced victories and enjoyable moments, and we've experienced loss and frustration. We've experienced death and, and pain and sadness and fear and unmet expectations and tragedy and hardship and difficulty. We've also experienced life and love and joy and those moments that you wish you could Play on repeat and just do over and over and over again in your life. We've all experienced different moments in our life. And these are the moments that define us in our life. How we believe and what we think and what we do, either good or bad. And as we realize over time that God uses these things to cultivate spices and ingredients and life in us. Joy and peace and trust in the Lord. But how do we respond when we're not responding correctly? When life is hard, the kids taste bitterness or do they taste unforgiveness or do they taste a resentment towards the Lord or do they taste a sense that no, there's no hope for your future do they taste a sense of oh, this is all that it's worth does your pain in your life which happens, which is normal which they need to feel but what is the flavor they're tasting man, mom and dad they went through a hardship and they lost someone man, what is this I taste, I taste a, little, a little bit of fear a little bit of worry a little bit of disappointment but gosh, what's this hmm, I, I, I taste some faith 
I chased them. Whoa, I chased them hope. Oh my gosh, they, they, they lost someone, yet they believe that Christ is the eternal God and the resurrection is found in Jesus and, and that life never ends as a relationship with God. Oh, I'm tasting a little bit of, a little bit of sadness over that lost job and disappointment and all things aren't. I taste a little bit of fear, a little bit of hurt. Oh, that pastor hurt, a little bit of rejection. But you know what? That rejection turned into hope and that hope turned into wanting to serve. And that, that, What are they tasting from your life? What's the taste? What's the smell? What's the sense that your children experience from you? Because at the end of the day, they will taste what you make for them. But provide an understanding of what life is like. And you're going to experience death and loss, excruciating pain and hardship. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get experience the losses of life and the confusions of this world. And you'll be able to say to him, I don't know why God did that. I don't understand why he allowed that. I don't understand either. They're going to feel loss. They're going to feel hurt. They're going to feel all the things that we want to shelter them from. Don't shelter them from those realities. Let them feel that. But teach them in the way that they should go, knowing that my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That though I feel like I'm lost and forsaken, he will never let me down. Yes, kids, I know that I thought I was going to get that job and it didn't quite pan out like I hoped that it would. And yes, it's frustrating, but I want to tell you today, God's got a better plan for my life. What are they tasting? Are they tasting God's word? Are they tasting his church? Are they tasting his kingdom? Are they tasting love? Are they tasting joy? Are they tasting peace? What are they tasting from your life? We recognize today, maybe there's some of you here today who have been derailed in life. You've hit a bump and you've had to pull over, fix that challenge and you're here today and maybe your marriage fell apart and now you're here today and you've been through a divorce or maybe you're here today and your children are your you have a falling out with your kids or maybe you realize after all these years of focusing on your career that you look back and have regrets about your life or maybe you look at your future and don't know if there's much there. You just feel derailed and broken and hurt on the side of the road and you say, gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to see breakthrough through that? I want you to know that I've been in some of your shoes in my own way where I didn't want to go to church and I wanted nothing to do with God and I just wanted to be God by kids and me and man, I started drinking too much and I was looking at things I shouldn't have looked at and I was a failure and a shortcoming and sin in my my life, and I may, came to a moment where I said, you know what? I don't want to allow my children to taste the bitterness of this life. I want them to see the abundant life that God has for me. And I don't want to minimize your pain today. I don't want to minimize your experience. I'm not saying it's not real. But what I am saying is this. It is up to you to choose today. I will not be stuck any longer. I won't allow this resentment or this pain or this fear or this hurt in my life be something that my children taste and walk away saying, this is what life is. No, life is full of the abundance of God. Life is full of the provision of our God. Life is full of health and provision. We are the head and not the tail. Yes, we'll experience hardship, but through God, he will help us through it. Our God is faithful. Come on, amen. Our God is faithful you got to make a conscious decision. I, I said, I'm not going to be unstuck anymore in my unforgiveness. God, I need your help with this. And yes, it continued. And yes, it was there. But I said, I won't allow this to be something my children taste. And now we talk about those experiences of loss and hardship and difficulty as a moment to preach the gospel to my young children and say, look at the goodness of God. When there was death, he brought life. When there was, when there was fear, he brought faith. Come on, look what God does in our lives. Let them taste the goodness of God and his word. 
and taste his word today. Come on, Psalms 34, 8, and I'll let you go. Or taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste it. See it. Hey, kids, I want you to taste this today. Put this in your mouth and taste it. Before you get to the realities of this world that are going to let you down, I want you to taste that my God is good. Before you face fear, before you face hardship, before you face the tragedies of this planet, let me take this little date of God's word and I'm going to put it in your mouth. Taste and see, son. God is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Daughter, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste it. That's the message of Jesus Christ for your life today. My prayer would be is that you'd be able to go back to the moment when your child was first born or maybe the moment when you dreamed about having that child or you're in prayer for that child and we're going to pray for you today. Go back to the moment when you first saw that child and how your heart exploded with joy and now think about how much God loves you. Think about how much he's loved you on this whole journey. And as you've wavered and gone off track, or maybe you're here today and you don't know God at all, you say, well, I haven't even started a relationship with this Jesus you're talking about. Well, guess what? You can right now today. This is the beautiful part of parenting is that you think, well, parenting ain't for me, or parenting this series isn't for me. No, it is for you. Because God wants to parent you. He wants to love you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to affirm you. He wants to correct you. He wants to discipline you. But he wants to give you the best holy life that you can lead so that you can train your children in that way. But it starts with you. It starts with your choice. It starts with your decision to put Jesus Christ first in your life and be obedient to the word of the Lord in your life and say God's word is true. Every man's a liar, but God's word is true. And then my God is faithful in my life. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. I want to pray with you today. Come on, just stand to your feet. Just close your eyes for a few moments. I want to pray. I just believe that there's some folks in the room today maybe don't know the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you've never started a personal relationship with him. You say, Ryan, what do I have to do? All you have to do is have faith to believe that he died on the cross for you. He was buried. He rose on the third day and he did that for you. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to die for you. And today, it's simple. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, listen, Jesus Christ is God, you will be saved. Simple confession of faith, and the Holy Spirit begins to partner with you, and the Father comes and begins to help you. Come on, every eye closed in this place today. Come on, you're in the room, and you just like to give your life to Jesus Christ today. Maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to him, a fresh a choice today. Say, I'm going to serve the Lord today. Well, that's you. Just real quick, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want to see who I'm praying for. Well, that's you today, and you want to accept Christ in your life. Would you just throw your hand up in the air real quick, put it right back down. I won't call you forward. I want anybody in the room today who want to give their life to Jesus Christ for the first time. Come on. Jesus. Come on, all right. Come on, Father, we just pray for these folks right here, Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit, you'd enter their heart right now, Lord, as they make a a confession of faith to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now and you would fill their heart with your love. That, Father, you would come and just begin to wrap your arms around them. Jesus, would you just come and, Lord, wipe away every sin. We make a confession of faith to you, Lord. We repent of our sin and we turn to you, the living way, the way, the truth, and the life. And we commit ourselves to you. We commit our life to you. And we want to start afresh with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for every parent in the room. Lord, the parents in the room today, God, who are praying for kids, 
Lord, who have children. Lord, maybe they're empty nesters. Would you give them strength and courage to know the Lord, you are with them. You want to help them. You want to speak to them. Let us be disciples first. Let us, Lord, receive your word first in our lives to know that you love us and you care for us. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. Come on, if you accepted Jesus Christ today, I'd love to talk with you. Our team would. Info at lovecitychurch.ca. Also, there's a slide on my slides you guys can throw up. Come on, I'm going to release you today. Our band's going to play a song. You're welcome to hang out and worship if you want, but we're just going to play a song right now and uh, worship the Lord. We love you guys. Have an amazing week this week, and we will see you next Sunday as we continue our series and talk about the cultural aspect of parenting. Love you all. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.